You know you're created for more. Now let's do something about it. Welcome to Project You, the space for you to embrace the I can, I will philosophy and finally start making progress towards your goals, your dreams, and your desires. Be kind, supportive, and remember every day that the blueprint for you is within. I'm Cami Craig. Today, let's work on Project U. Hey, my Project C babes, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in, dropping in, stopping by, giving space and time to not only uh, me because I'm on the other end, yet yourself because I find the more that I'm in embracing my my journey within this self-reflection and my self-worth and my self-courage and bravery uh, with my research that I do with my doctors and the therapists and also tuning in to different podcasts in order to receive more and engage more, I, I realize that when I'm in those positions, I'm really settled in and I'm exactly where my feet are. I I really give my time and my patience and my stillness to interact in, in the way that I need to so I can get the best lesson and I can get the best wisdom out of everything that I'm um, allowing into my life at that time. So I know that when you're in Project U and you are developing these new tools and, and experimenting with these new tools and engaging with me and you, um, this is a very special time. So I never, ever look past, past that because I really find myself in the same situations. And and the journey over the past year of acknowledging that my mind has so much to do with the actual growth that, that's going on is is kind of captivating, truly. And it's it's even more so sometimes scary that I that I didn't have this in the past, but that's not what was for me. You know, I needed to go through every single thing that I did to get to where I am today. No matter how much you feel like you shoulda, woulda, coulda, or feel regret or shame or guilt, it's just one of those things where we have to perk up a little bit and be like, this happened for me. I am now currently in my life where I'm at today because our topic, embracing the hardships, has allowed me, has allowed you to see where you are at today, you know? And I want to read this. You guys always know that it's it's the defined definitions of exactly what we're working with in our topics. And I found that embracing hardships, we change the outcome. By embracing hardships, we change the outcome. Stop resisting the challenges that come your way. You might be able to change them. You will never eliminate them. So stop resisting them. People who appear to have everything are often affection starved, living isolated lives and experience little joy. That's a definition of just what embracing hardships are on on um, the back end of the internet. And that was the tone that I wanted to set as we talk about embracing the hardships. Three weeks ago, uh, July 4th, was the day that I signed up for a half Ironman. 
That was also the day that I faced another fear and I knew that this was going to be bring different levels of emotions to my world because over the last 16 years, I've, I've gone to well over 20 triathlons and or half Ironmans and witnessed exactly what you would think a triathlon is. It's a swim, it's a bike, it's a run, and depending on if it's a Olympic, if it's a half, if it's a full, whatever, it's a sprint, um, you know that that's the sport and that's what you're getting into and you're looking at transitions and you're looking at a really crazy athlete that puts in a lot of time on all three elements of the sport. Well, long time ago, I decided that that sport wasn't for me, that mindset wasn't for me. And as much as I had a des- desire in my heart to do that, I, I put myself on the back burner because I had the self-negative talk. And it was all the time, you know, and I was around these these types of people, including my coach, my current coach, Max McManus. I was around him all the time and his team. And I admired them. I thought they were so strong. I thought these really rad thoughts about them. And I, I adored the determination and the discipline that they had for the sport. So where did I fall short? Well, I wasn't good at swimming, never have been, but I'll be very great in the water, meaning with a life jacket on and surfing, um, being hooked up to my surfboard, um, being on the back of the le- the boat, of course, with a life jacket on, um, wake skating, wakeboarding back in the days, uh, water skiing, anything like that, tubing, like I absolutely loved. Uh, quite interesting when I was growing up. My mom and dad moved, like we talked about in the last podcast, from state to state for my dad's temp jobs, and often we grew up in tents. And the first thing that I would do when I'd get up was go to the swimming pool that we had at the park site, and I would freak my mom out, actually, because I'd be already be in the water swimming. I don't know that I was ever really the best swimmer, but I was a, I swam, And it wasn't until I was like in middle school time that we would go to Bowers Mansion out in Washoe Valley. It was a pool. And I remember the guys would dunk us girls and hold our heads down. And that one guy would hold the head down and I'm still down there. Then another guy would switch out that guy and hold the head down. And before I knew, I had like three hands touching my head, holding me down where I panicked I couldn't breathe and I'd come up and, you know, and my eyes are watering. I'm like basically coughing, gasping for breath. And that was no fun. That was actually full on bullied in the water is what I think of it now. Um, but it, it gave me this panic thing and this anxiety thing where I felt so constricted and I obviously didn't have the practice in me because I wasn't a swimmer to hold my breath like everyone else was. And so that that hurt me, you know, and that gave me that little scare, of course. And so I remembered that and I was like, you know, no, swimming's not for me. And I, I chose that train of thought. I chose to speak that way and to believe my false self all the way up until 38 years old. And of course, you guys know that this is a year of change for me. This was a year to face my fears. This was a year to break through. 
And one of my my most lovely points of life is being an athlete and being within challenge and facing these these difficult situations to perform better to become, you know, my better athlete self. So to watch my coach coach into this half Ironman training for August 23rd, I saw people that I've actually uh, competed with and trained with for races, Spartan races, half marathons, and now going into this half Ironman, I was like, man, they're doing it and they're doing it so well and they're excited and they're happy and they're, they're plugged in, they're tuned in, they're connected. Of course, I was yearning for that, but I was already putting myself onto this different level that I'm not and I cannot be like them. And you guys know I don't use that word, but I chose to use that word for this. So what did I do? I was like, gosh, I, I kind of really want to be a part of this and I'm really good at running and I'm pretty good at biking. I'm just now getting on the bike and understanding that world. Okay, then I'll do that training. And then when coach talks about the swimming, I'll just act like that's just not happening and I'll just continue to do the bike and swim. Well, that's just not how it goes. You don't get to pick and choose what sport you want or, you know, what you're really good at and and tell the judges and tell the directors of Half Iron Man that, hey, I'm going to just do the bike and swim. No, you're disqualified because you don't get to do, you didn't do the swim, you know. So what do, what do you have to do? You have to embrace the hardships. You have to embrace the sucky parts to get to where you're destined and supposed to be. And especially if this is a desire of your heart. So I put it off. I put it off, you guys, for a true probably five weeks. And I did these different drills on the assault bike. And I did the drills on the row machine to emulate the functional part of swimming so I can gain the motion and and build strength in the area. However, you guys know what swimming takes, and it takes a lot more technique, and I was just not willing to do that yet because I was scared. I was scared to face the adversity that was before me, and I wasn't using the tool because I was letting my fear take over. So fast forward, I uh, finally get in the water on July 4th. One of my best girlfriends, and she's a golden girl of mine, has come into my life about five years ago, and she says she's the girl that honestly says not a lot, but when she says something, I listen. And we all have those friends, right? And, of course, she's telling me that today's the day, Cam. You actually tell people all the time to take the chance to make the choice to be the change that they deserve to be. You tell people all the time to get uncomfortable, to get comfortable. You know, when are you going to do this in this in this element of your life because you want it so bad? I've known you've wanted it so bad. We actually would uh, do races, and I supported her in one of, in one of her first races of a, a duathlon, so which is a bike and run. And that's because of those that don't like to swim and have that fear, whatever. They've made this different sport, but... That's not what my team's training for. So I looked at her in the eyes, and of course, she pierced me with her eyes with her stare. And basically, she said, buck up. 
buck up, get on the horse that is literally geared up and probably going to buck you off, but you're going to become better after this swim. (sighs) I'm taking a deep breath because that first swim was crazy. I was gifted what we call, like to call on my team, a super suit, which is a wetsuit. And it has more, more buoyancy, okay, on purpose. I put my swim cap on, I put my goggles on, and I was geared up. I had all the right tools. I had all the right things. I had the water, I had the friends, I had the support. And really what I was just needing to do was jump in the water and do it. For the first time, I was just going to get into open water, and I thought of it as when I learned to drive, I didn't learn to drive a manual. I learned to drive a stick shift. So that's kind of just in, within my DNA. I'm like, eh, let's just do the hard part first uh, because other people were laughing. Cammy, why did you not get into the pool first? Like a, a controlled environment and less of you know the chaos. And I was like, nope, it's just not my DNA. I needed, that was the time, that was the day. And not only was it the time or the day, But it also was very um, wavy and the waves were crashing not only into the shore, but that meant they were crashing into me. And it was, it made my panic become stronger. So I jumped in, I took a deep breath and the kayak, the paddleboard and another human, which is my friend, were all beside me. I basically kept my head above water the whole time. And, and emulated a, a hand stroke that I've seen before with my teammates swimming and also me just watching like the Olympics or something. I'm like, yeah, this is how your arms go, right? And I was not spearing the the water. I was actually just slapping it. Um, this was what I was told after because I sincerely th- think I blocked out. Uh, I went to the first buoy and held on to the paddleboard for like five minutes and I felt the pressure of my my super suit and also the pressure of my panic collide together, which made my my oxygen levels really low, and it made my breathing really, um, it made my breathing very uncontrollable, which also led me to realize that my mind was so jagged and so disruptive that I was making this this anxiety panic level to its highest extreme. I looked at my my Garmin after I did this 400-yard swim, which was pro- – it felt like two miles. But I looked at my stress levels, and they were so extremely high. Like, I, I literally put myself into a frenzy. So then I went to the second buoy. I did the same thing. I probably sat there on the paddleboard for four minutes on that one. Went to the third buoy. And four minutes again, it felt like. And then I saw the fourth buoy to the dock and I was like, just get, just get home. Just get back to that dock and you'll be out of this water. This horrible experience will be over. So I, I got back to the dock and I felt like I was going to vomit. I felt like I was out of sorts. I felt lightheaded and I felt super discombobulated from my toes all the way to my brain 
And I just sat there, which you guys can look at my Instagram. I sat there with my head down wondering, what did I just do? And then I, I was talking to myself, well, you swam. Well, you don't swim. Well, you did the swim, but you're not a good swimmer, but you become, but you can become better. These, this was the fight that I was having sitting there at that very exact same moment that I didn't know my girlfriend was taking pictures until she sent them to me. And I remember exactly what I was thinking. I was having a fight with myself, my false self and my, my authentic self. And my authentic self won. When I was done sitting there and catching my breath and realizing that I just basically blacked out in the water and but I was conscious enough to get through it, I I I had this sense at the very end when I my head came up, I had this sense of accomplishment because I really embraced the hardship. And I knew that this was a crazy decision. I knew this was a crazy choice because I'm really not good at swimming. Had I not had my super suit on, you guys, I really think that I would have held on to the paddle board two times in between each buoy. Like I, 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 I really loved the fact that I had all the great tools around me to give me the confidence to do that. So anyways, that was my panic. That was 400 yards. And remember in a half Ironman, I'm going to be swimming 1.2 miles, which is 2,000 yards. And that freaked me out. So I get back to the gym and I'm talking to coach and he's like, I'm really proud of you. Not only is he, was he proud of me for getting in the water, but that day I signed up. So really what I was doing is I was reserving myself to signing up because I was already telling myself, you're, you're a bad swimmer. There's no way that you can get through this. You can train for this, but you're not doing the race. And I just, like my, my girlfriend said, when are you going to take the leap of faith? When are you going to take the chance to make the choice to be the change that you wanted to be? Because you've gone to over 20 triathlons and never have pulled the trigger and you've lived in this false self for too long. So he was proud that I, that I took the plunge to sign up because that's more committing. At the end of the day, I am saying I am committed. I will do this and I'm going to, I'm going to face the adversity. I'm going to face and embrace the hardships because I know if I'm within hardship and I know that this is very uncomfortable on the other side of this, there's going to be some kind of breakthrough. And at this point, any any percentage that's above 0% is progress. So my coach is happy, um, very stoked that I signed up. But he catches me saying this phrase of, Coach, it doesn't matter if I'm in the water for two hours on the day of the race. I'm going to get through it. And he swallowed. I, I saw his Adam's apple, you know, take that little glitch and looked at me and he said, well, that's great positivity, but it's not truth. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, well, in the sport of Ironman, you have a certain amount of time to get the swim done. Otherwise, you're DQ'd. I was like, oh my freaking gosh. Like my panic went up again and I took a deep breath and I'm like, okay, I know I totally understand what you're saying. And he goes, 
this is what's going to happen. You have already got swim one done and you're going to get a swim two done and it's probably going to be like swim, swim number one. And then you're going to get swim three done and that's going to be like swim number two. But by swim number four, you're going to have to have progress and you're going to have to have at least 10% progress. And the only way to do that is if you go into swimming lessons and you get really technical because your panic swimming is and cannot go from swim number one to swim number 10. You have to find the spot where you're going, you're going to embrace being technical and you're going to learn and you're going to be coachable. And I was like, yes, sir, I'm ready. So I did one, two, and three swim uh, in a panic mode all by myself, just getting in the water, putting my super suit on, putting my swim cap on, putting my goggles on, uh, feeling the pressure of the goggles, feeling just myself in the water and getting getting that comfortable with that. And then swim number four came in and that was the day that my coach stood on top of this rock at our special secret spot on the Truckee River. And he gave me my first swimming lesson, my actual deep-rooted swimming lesson at 38 years old, the technical training of a breaststroke, the technical training of, oh my gosh, I don't even know what it's called, but um, just swimming, just one arm in and your face down and then in, in, in breathing to my left side is what feels more comfortable and putting my whole face down. Well, mind you, I didn't, I didn't say this um, until now, but in between my swim three and number four, I also did on land training. And what my coach did was he put me on a bench face down and there was a cable in front of me and I used that cable to actually take the exact motion with my hand all the way back and then back up. My left arm stayed in place. My legs were kicking behind me and he also had a 45 pound plate on top of my back to push my my lungs into the bench and to really allow myself to feel the pressure that I feel in the water, which is with my super suit on and my panic. And I did that for 21 minutes, 20 reps on the right side, 20 reps on the left side, back and forth six times. And I got up and it felt like I just ran six miles. My body's never done this before. My body's never been at a horizontal, it's always been vertical. I'm really good at being vertical. <laughs> so many people are. But the second I was asked to put my head down into that water, I was resisting this and resisting. And I was actually not by resisting, you know, just within the definition, stop resisting the challenges that come your way. You might be able to change them. You will never eliminate them. So stop resisting them. Okay, so that's where my technical training had to come in on level four, my, my swim number four, and say, okay, coach, I'm ready to put my head, my whole head down in the water. After my on-land training yesterday, I'm ready for this today. And I was also ready to know that you might find yourself in a panic, you might find yourself not breathing right, but this is your first swimming lesson. Embrace this, be present. Be open-eared, have your eyes wide open, listen and watch. You know, I'm really good at um, being coached by if my coach can show me and also tell me, I'm, I'm going to get there. I know it. So lo and behold, uh, by the end of my technical training in the water, 
my coach was literally smiling and he was so proud of me just because I could see it in his eyes. He was stoked because I was I was being action based and I was emulating exactly what he was doing and not knowing the you know true reasons and why's but just let's do this. Okay? And sure enough, he believed in me. You know, that's a whole nother element when you're surrounded by humans. Do they believe in you? Do they have you in your best interest? Even though it's hard and you're hitting the road one foot in front of the other and you pro- you might be clambering your feet and making loud noises and like I was in the water, it's okay. I was I was also being supported and I was being raised up through through his belief in me, which felt even better, okay? So the amount of time that he spent with me was just the amount of time that I needed to get my bearings, all right, and to get this technical training to go into swim number five. Now, he graded me right at there, and he's like, you have a 10% increase right now on your progress. You've become 10% better just by this technical training. And that day, I did 600 yards. That was 200 more yards that I did the the swims before. And then my sixth time in the water, I did 700 yards. So I'm finding myself to be able to do these strokes, not only 10 reps at a time, but my last time I got 20 reps in a time before I literally had to stand up in the river and I would go down river, I'd stand on my rock and then I'd go back for 20 more reps. And then I'd go downstream and I'd go 20 more reps. And really where I was finding my my progress as well was I wasn't standing on my rock for five minutes. I was standing on my rock for maybe one minute now. So I felt that my conditioning was getting a little bit better as well. So that whole story is to inspire you and to motivate you to face and embrace your hardships. Lo and behold, three weeks later, I'm riding my mountain bike and I'm doing two hours and 30 minutes on my bike. I go all the way down, all the way close to Sparks where you're right getting into Fernley, okay, if anyone's actually living here. Um, And then I came back on the Tahoe Pyramid Trail and now I'm at Grand Sea Resort. I I go into an underpass and I'm going too fast and it gets completely dark. I have my shades on as well, which brought it into a darker level and immediately realize that I'm going too fast to make this slight turn to the right, and I crash, I slide out. As I slide out onto my right side of my body, my, my, my knees hit, my knee hit first, my knees hit first to my elbow, to my shoulder, and thank God I put my hands down right before my face, and I think my teeth could have hit there. And as looking over to my, my left, as I'm screaming, no, no, there's this guy running down from this underpass to be there with for me and with me. And he's like, ma'am, 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 are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm just kind of freaked out, startled right now, but I'm okay. And he looks at me with these beautiful, big, big, big eyes of just, you know, scared and acting like he saw a ghost because I came in so hot. I screamed no, and then I'm down. And I said, I'm promised, I'm okay. And I and he handed me my bike, and I just wanted to get out of that tunnel. And right after, 
I got out of that tunnel. I sat down near a tree and I immediately, immediately reflected because it wasn't, it wasn't a minute and a half before that, that I just got done listening to a podcast from Kara and she's a master confidence coach of un-F yourself, F-U-C-K, your brain. Listening to a podcast from Kara, she's a master confidence coach and her podcast is called Un-F Your Brain. The whole word right there, Unf Your Brain. And this podcast that I was listening to is Turn Your Panic Into Peace. And this is a little bit of what I was listening to right before I fell. I encourage you to think about what it would be like if you accepted that your life right now is the life you have. That doesn't mean it's not going to change, right? Life is changed. Things are going to change. But rather than just sort of decide this is a period to grit your teeth and get through until things are normal again, what if you could try to embrace that this is life? This is the life you have. This is what life is right now. And that's not a problem. It's not worse than life was before. It's not better than life was before. It just is life. This is your life. And I often, when I'm coaching clients, give them the example of pretend you woke up from a coma and you had amnesia and so you didn't have any of your existing negative thoughts about the person or the circumstance or whatever it is that you know I'm coaching them on what would it be like if you just started from scratch you just started fresh and I think that's such a powerful tool to use now right what if you were an alien who came to earth and it was just like oh this is what life is here right or you were born and grew up in this it was like oh this is what life is so I get done with that about a minute and a half before I do this major crash and I get onto the other side of this underpass and I had to sit down. It was my first time ever being in a position of vulnerability on a physical standpoint that I embraced the suck, okay, I embraced that fall and didn't act like it didn't happen. And, and as I'm listening to her and she's, she's saying this is what life is right now, I, I couldn't get that out of my head. And then she started to talk about embracing the horrible moments, embracing the suckiness. And, 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 and you know that by embracing them on the other side is going to be greatness because that's just the way universe reels life out. It's, it's very common. And especially when you're conscious enough to understand that, here I am, and my whole right side of my body is just trashed. It's full of dirt, blood, you know, coming from my knees, and I, I, I didn't feel good. So at that point, I sat down, and I really asked myself to sit down and make sure that you're okay. And that's something that I never really did, you guys. I always acted like I was okay. Even when I fell with my other girlfriend, we went on a ride and I, I fell off my bike pretty hard. I got up so quick because I was obviously embarrassed and, and I didn't want to ruin her ride and I wanted to put, play the tough card. And so I literally fell really hard and I skidded out and I picked my bike up, bike up, and I just went, went went on. And she was like, "Oh my gosh, are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine." And then like 20 minutes later, she's like, "Is your rush of adrenaline gone? Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, I think I'm okay. My forearm hurts pretty bad." 
Well, lo and behold, you guys, I just realized in my run over the course of this past week, high volume training, that my forearm actually kind of got traumatized during in that little fall. Thank God I didn't break anything, but I was having this uh, muscular pain within my forearm, and I was wondering, gosh, what did I, what did I do to my forearm for my my this pump to be so strong and kind of painful? Well, I resulted back to that one fall that I never that I never even acknowledged, and I actually was feeling the repercussions of that fall weeks later, actually, because I never treated it. I never acknowledged it. I suppressed it and I did what I do best and that's what I do. So what did I have to do? I realized that I was living in past behavior, in past habits, and those are things that I wanted to leave myself from. And those are things that I wanted and believed that the Lord has delivered me from, but I kept and I, you know, I keep finding myself in these situations. So I, at this point, it was so loud and clear to me that I wasn't willing to do that anymore. So this could be a physical thing. This could be an emotional thing. This could be a career thing. This could be situations that you continue to get in. And we just need to treat them differently. We need to handle them differently. So what did I do? I fell off my bike. Clearly, I was messed up. I was startled. My adrenaline was pumping, yes. My bleeding, I needed to check on myself. I never checked on myself. I was always making sure everyone else was okay around me, and I just did this the other day. And it's okay to do from time to time, I guess, but when you're hurt, when you have emotionally been bantered, when you have been verbally bantered, physically bantered, Um, Maybe this is self-induced or someone has done this to you or maybe this is a bullying standpoint. Whatever it may be, you deserve to take five minutes. Even if it's like too much of five minutes, you can still sit in five minutes and use this as a way to reconnect with yourself, align, so then you're better for the outside standpoint of where you're at. So this allowed me to once and for all practice, check on yourself, Cammie. And so I did. I sat down. I let my tears roll out a little bit because it really did hurt. I, 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 I skidded out bad. And so bad that I startled myself and I was bleeding. Okay. So I'm checking myself out and did I gash my shoulder because it's covered up in dirt and I really can't see anything? Did I gash my elbow? No. Shoulder? No. Knee? Yes. Okay. I'm going to see if my knee mobility is okay. So I started moving my leg around and, and, you know, and I, and I basically gave myself a little physical right there and asked myself, am I, am, am I willing to, am I ready for, I was willing, but am I ready for the next hour and a half because I was only actually a little bit more, but I was only an hour and five minutes into my two hour and 30 minute ride. I also knew that I was okay, but I also had the conversation if I wasn't okay, I would have to call for someone to come pick me up and get me out and just call it a day. Cause old Cammie would have just played the tough card and been like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And when I play those tough cards, it showed me, it showed up so many times, you guys, that 
my fatigue or my injury will lead to more fatigue or a greater injury that I don't deserve, right? So this is just the the part about embracing uh, the 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 hardships, you know, and I'm and I'm learning through going through every defeat, every heartbreak, every loss, every fall, that it contains its own seed. Like I literally can find lessons in every single little part of a heartbreak, a loss, a defeat, or anything. It's its own lesson. And I, and for me, it's about how I can improve my performance next time. And it's not just a physical athletic performance level for me. It's being a good mother. It's being a good leader. It's being a good friend. It's good. It's being a good community member. Like there's all these things that I want to improve my performance on, but I know that through the defeat and through the heartbreak and the loss and the falls, like this is this is what's on the other side. So there's there's these epiphanies that you're gonna have while in embracing the hardships that it's better that we're not running away from our challenges because you're just afraid. Instead, we need to have the mentality that I'm gonna run towards it because the only way to escape this fear, to to settle with this fear is to trample it to see it, to face it, to meet it, and to go through it once and for all. You know, and and of course the whole the whole thing about, you know, getting back on your saddle and and doing it again even though you fell, that's there's a lot of truth in that. I found so many times instead of letting, you know, the bike win and never get getting back on that bike or when I was younger, I'd get bucked off all the time. I got a funny story. <laughs> I was riding Shatan, which is my Arabian horse at the time and I was show I was showing equestrian and western shows at the time as well so every day I came home I had a snack I got my homework done and I'd get on my horse my horse was my peaceful time that's when we had the most amazing most peaceful times because I was out in mother nature as well so anyways he got pissed off and I probably got pissed off at him too and um, he bucked me off. And I was in the arena at the time and I left the gate open. So I was really mad that I let the gate open, left the gate open because Shatan left the arena. Well, I wasn't going back without my horse. And I knew my parents were not going to be okay with me coming back to the house without my horse either. And I was a little nervous of, of what this looked like and what the repercussions were going to be and the consequences were going to be knowing that I was coming home by foot and not on my horse's back. So I searched until nightfall where for my horse and I had to finally go back home and face, you know, this hardship that I knew that I was going to face. And lo and behold, Shatan was there. Shatan found home right there because, you know, these are smart animals. Well, I was anxiety ridden. I was, I was just panicked and I emotionally drained myself from the court, from the time that I got bucked off to the time that I walked back into the backyard. And I was ready to go home. I was ready to get into dinner mode and just chill out. But instead, my mom's like, all right, you need to get back on Shatan. This is part of who you are. It's part of your character building. It's part of 
finishing what you started and you weren't done writing, were you? No. And you're really ticked off right now. You're crying. You're mad at Shaton as well. And you don't want to get back on him because that was scary, right? And I'm like, yes, ma'am. And she's like, well, this is a time to escape this fear and trample it right now by getting back on and finding that this challenge is going to be a breakthrough to your guys' next ride and you will become better. So long behold, I got back on the horse and I was a little nervous that he was going to pick up the attitude again and I was going to pick my attitude up and clash. And instead, we we came together in that moment. And so that was that was the purity of it, um, embracing the hardships. And for me, my hardships are faced a lot in the physical manner because I really do enjoy that part of my life. And and, and you need to define what, what feels really good and really bad as well um, within your life to face your hardships. And we got to just know to know to know that we need to embrace this sucky part of life and this whirlwind and this hurricane or earthquake, however you feel and the magnitude of it, because you know while you're sitting in it, and sometimes we don't know how long this is going to be. It could be a year. could be six months. It could be just for a second. I fell just for a second, you know, and I felt this pain. I felt this, this um, uncomfortableness. But on the other side, the rainbow's there. And sometimes the rainbow isn't as strong as the, the last rainbow that you saw, right? But on the other side is going to be greatness. It's going to be progress. It's going to be more than what you feel at this very moment by embracing your life for what it is. So enjoy this right now. And if you are in hardship, go ahead and open your arms to it. Go ahead and open your arms to it by knowing that there's lessons inside of it, that there's pain inside of it, but there's joy inside of it. And that's only because you've chosen this. In Project You, if this is your first time tuning in today, I thank you for that. And I also want to thank you for acquiring a journal. Go to the store right now and go get a journal and make sure that it's blank journal just for you embarking your life, your journey, your experiences, your experiments. And every time after Project You, this is the time to reflect. This is the time to be in action, and we call it action of the week, rather, um, to better understand yourself, to look at your face in the mirror right here and be like, you know what? I need to embrace my hardships. What are my current hardships right now, and why am I resisting them so much? Um, it's probably because you're you, you have a sense of uh, controlling behavior, and you feel like this is the only way to do it. However, if we allow it to happen and we know that there's the lessons within, we're going to be better humans on the other side. So I ask you for action of the week within this uh, episode of Embracing Hardships is, is what are the hardships that you're resisting right now? Top three. And how can you allow yourself to stop resisting the hardships and, and, and become part of the hardship? So this can be down the road, the solution 
to something that's really going on in your life instead of more of the problem because the more we attempt to control it and resist it, we be, we become more part of the problem, you know? So write those things down and write the three things down that you're willing to do to embrace the hardship to come out of it. So in every single thing that goes on, it could be a fight with your with your sibling, it could be a, a fight on the road. Um, there's there's something that is on the other side that is going to help you. So thank you for embracing your hardships and thank you for reflecting on your own life right now. We tend to listen to the story that I'm bringing, bringing to you, but the real fact here is that you can bring your own story in and you can write this down in your journal, in your self-journal and reflect and understand that this is not um, all about me and my story. This is to encourage and to motivate and to inspire you to find your own story and to start using these tools, okay? And I'm very proud of you for stepping up to the plate. I'm very proud of you for getting back on the horse. And I'm very, very proud of you for looking yourself in the mirror today and knowing that your self-worth is valued. I hope that you guys have a wonderful week and I can't wait to see you next week. My obedience determines my outcome. My discipline determines my destiny. My faith determines my focus.